Tonight on Media Break. Police finally captured notorious criminal euphemism McGillicuddy, wanted for crimes against the city, state, OCP-owned properties both here and abroad, and aggravated tax evasion. Don't worry, fair citizens of Detroit, no one was harmed during his capture. RoboCop is in the news again, putting on citation for jaywalking in a non-jaywalking zone. Detroit police are checking his programming to find out why one of our city's finest could commit such a heinous crime. And after the break, Commander Cash has a new investment strategy for the latest techno craze. Are podcasts bust or bull for your portfolio? Find out tonight on The More You Nerd, where we talk about RoboCop, the series. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The More You Nerd, the only podcast where Miles and I talk about what we want to talk about, usually diving deep into some weird... You had that old habit again, didn't you? I know, I'm back in the old <laughs> habit. Uh, I've been doing this show for a decade, so it's 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 hard to hard to break old habits. Uh, but we're, we are doing more just random stuff that we think would be fun to do a deep dive on, or a little bit of a deeper dive than we get to, and another TV adaptation, this time of the 1990s. Canadian TV series RoboCop. How are you, Miles? I I'm great. I'm I'm very very excited about this episode. I, I was excited about doing this challenge. Drew, were you were you a RoboCop fan as a kid? I I was familiar with RoboCop. I'm sure I saw some of the show at some point i definitely actually i know i saw the the this show was on syndication in the u.s and i know i saw at least part of a season on like one of those two or three hour blocks that they do in the middle of the day on the sci-fi channel back in the 90s but i did not know much about the show i remember gadget i remember the the officer murphy being a different guy i don't know how i know that but i did know that for some reason and i don't remember much else about it I was a big RoboCop fan as a kid. I remember it was one of the few R-rated movies that my dad let me watch because I don't think he had seen the movie. <laughs> um, but it looked like a, it's kind of a superhero action movie. And, and those those in science fiction movies, if they're rated R, I was usually allowed to watch uh, like your Terminator or some of like that. As long as my mom didn't know <laughs> um, it was it was one of those type of deals. So that's I how it. I got to see like alien and stuff like that um and you know the older i got because i I love the first film and i honestly have fond memories of the other two despite how um much less liked they are i actually just uh, finished watching robocop 3 before we started recording because i hadn't (laughs) seen it in maybe 15 years and i wanted to see if i still liked it (laughs) i did well you know it's it's funny i i have seen robocop before but we watched robocop one and robocop two for this show yes we did god how many years ago now that Um, was it was several it was one of patrick's birthday challenges wasn't it i think i think it was yeah we we definitely we did both of those and I mean, every time I watch that movie, especially the first one and how adult it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and the thing was, even even with the first movie, 
and this was so wild about the 80s and, and the early 90s is <laughs> they had entire toy lines dedicated to RoboCop. Because, and, and I know so many kids that had either a RoboCop poster or, you know, coerced their, their parents to let them rent the movie. And <laughs> and now when I watched it, I was like, I cannot believe I watched this film when I was like nine or ten years old. Well, and that's it's so funny because this show picks on that. It picks on that idea in, in it does a number of ways. And and well, let's let's get into the show, because there's a little bit of a history. We're back to we've got some history of the show, luckily. <laughs> Not a lot, but Not a little lot, bit, but a little bit. So. Orion Pictures, who produced the f- and distributed the first two RoboCop films, were, were in some kind of dire financial straits after a, a number of their films completely flopped at the box office. Now, they did have movies like Dances with Wolves and Silence of the Lambs, and that did increase their cash flow, but they had too many other failures that just crippled their profits. And as a result, they hoped to take advantage of some of the properties that they had for a quick short-term gain. while. RoboCop had been a major hit for the studio. RoboCop 2 was thrashed by critics and, and uh, critics. And while still being a success, it didn't fare very well. Uh, and with the increase, the increased amount of violence to blame for the movie not performing, the company decided to shift their focus from the strictly adult R-rated market to kids and teens. This is something you see kind of throughout the 90s, where you had properties that were R-rated all of a sudden shift to PG-13. And I don't know if RoboCop was the first, but it it wouldn't be the last at all. And RoboCop 3 aimed for a PG-13 rating, hoping to kind of drum up their box office attendance numbers and increase the revenue with their toy sales. Because yes, like I said before, there was, I remember aisles at Toys R Us of RoboCop figures and RoboCop figures from this series that we're doing today. But unfortunately, despite the fact that the film went into production right after RoboCop 2's completion with an intended summer 1992 release date, the third film sat on the shelf for about a year. And basically, this was because Orion couldn't get their finances in order. Uh, They went through bankruptcy. They were bought out. And because of this, most of the tie-in material like video games and comics for RoboCop 3 had already been released before the movie came out. and so. Everyone kind of knew the story, and this was a large contributing factor as to why the commercial or why the movie was a commercial failure. And most thought this would probably be the end of RoboCop. The end of RoboCop. Well, it wasn't yet, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Orion received a five hundred thousand dollar cash infusion in return for licensing uh, the TV rights uh, to Canada's Sky Vision Entertainment in April of 1993. Orion would remain hands-off creatively, but would receive some undisclosed percentage of U.S. and international sales. Sky Vision had hoped that Peter Weller would return to the role, but negotiations never bore any fruit with that. Peter Weller had was done with the character. He didn't return for RoboCop 3, uh, you know, I don't I think they were kind of yeah. pie in the sky to think that they could get Peter Weller back. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that Weller said that he thought he he had done everything he thought he needed to do with the character. But from what I've heard, that suit 
sucked to be in. Well, that so so this is where we get into the actor cast for the TV show, which is not the actor cast for RoboCop three. Uh, Daytime Emmy Award winner Richard Eden was cast to take over in the title role of Alex Murphy, RoboCop, and he would spend upwards of 12 hours a day on set in this 95 pound suit, which from what I know of the RoboCop suit, that is like the third or fourth iteration of it because it used to be even heavier (laughs) back in RoboCop. Yeah, and and I I found some stuff where, I mean, it was in kind of PR stuff. So he's not going to really bad mouth the suit, but I did see that it definitely, I think at one point they did have a version of the film suit to, to start with. And then they were able to kind of create more freeing suits because by the time these, I think it's by probably by the time they were filming the actual episodes outside the pilot, they, they had a, a more functioning suit because RoboCop moves not Great. He's never moved great, but he does have a little bit more freedom in his movements than in the films, yeah. uh, if if by a little bit. And so the feature length pilot uh, of the TV series was based off the original pitch for RoboCop 2 by original RoboCop writers, Michael Miner and Edward Neuerminer. So basically, Sky Vision had no idea that they had the right uh, the writer first refusal to write and film a Robocop pilot. And so when they <laughs> saw that the series was announced, they contacted the producers and <laughs> had a little bit of a meeting of the minds. And, and so they got to write a version of what they originally had, had cobbled together for Orion pictures for Robocop two, which was called corporate wars. Uh, the pilot itself cost about $5 million to produce with subsequent episodes costing around $1.25 million each. Uh, for copyright purposes, every single character except Robocop slash Alex Murphy was changed or renamed. Most expected a second season after the international numbers proved decent, but the domestic numbers combined with the show's large budget seemed to be the biggest factor in the demise of the show. Uh, this was, a, you know, as as Drew stated, a Canadian series. It was syndicated here, so we know it kind of popped up around March 1994. But I don't have any concrete dates or channels for. I, I couldn't find anything for for the states um, this past week. Uh, so if you have any of that information, I'd love to know it. But uh, I know some people said they thought they saw it late night on Fox. I saw it on a random uh, channel called the Action Channel. At, at random times, I know it was not in any sort of regular uh, time frame. Drew, do you have any idea when you might have seen it or what I channel? Mean, I, I would, would not have seen it until later when it was. I, I know that I think I saw it on Sci-Fi Channel when they were basically buying up. <laughs> Honestly, it would be like Robocop would be on and then Forever Night would be on. So it's just a whole Canadian <laughs> rock well, block. And Sci-Fi Channel had. Sci-Fi Channel had their own RoboCop miniseries at one point as well. That wouldn't have happened until 10 years later, at least, I think. So it was it was around 2000 ish, uh, 2001. Um, it's and so weird that it, this show was in 1994. The year 2000 was only six years away, but it feels like a completely different world at that point. It I don't does. Know. And so if you wild. are. If you are super interested in in the prior history of RoboCop, uh, my my buddies that uh, in Cinema Shock have uh, been doing a Paul Verhoeven series and are about to do RoboCop, where they do a deep dive into the history of the film. So uh, it's a show that I've been on several times, and 
I thought it was just pure <laughs> happenstance that we were both doing RoboCop at the same time. So uh, that episode should be posting soon. So you should check them out after you listen to us. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's no. let's get into the, to the RoboCop series and some of the changes to it, because there are a number of them. Namely, of course, we talked about the cast. So we've got uh, Richard Eden as Officer Alex Murphy slash RoboCop. Then we've got uh, Yvette uh, Nyper, Nipar, I don't know how to pronounce her name, uh, as Detective Lisa Madigan, who is basically Nancy Allen in everything but name. <laughs> uh, you've got the Sergeant Parks, who is taking over for Sergeant Warren. You've got all of these people that are just stand-ins. And then, Miles, we have, oh, the cardinal sin of the R-rated, uh, the R-rated character. Uh, the the thing that you know the character will never be the same. You know how they say, Miles, that when comedians have kids, they stop being funny. No. Well, that's a sure. that's a saying that things have that, that 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 comedians are worried that when they have kids, all their jokes are going to stop being about cool like twenty something stuff and being about my kid did this or my wife did this. It's a it's an old thing. I don't think it's necessarily true, but. Uh, we are introduced to gadget RoboCop's eight year old sidekick. <laughs> so, I actually, I like Sarah Campbell in, in this role a lot. Uh, and I think gadget was honestly a decent addition to the show. And it kind of fell in line with RoboCop three, which introduced a kid sidekick. There's a different kid sidekick in RoboCop three. Yeah, seen, the little hacker girl. I haven't seen RoboCop, RoboCop 3. Oh. So. so, I mean, she's basically filling in this role. Um, and I know I thought I thought she was good. The, honestly, as far as the main cat cast is concerned, I think everyone is exceptional. Um, I think Yvette Nepar as as uh, Lisa Madigan is excellent. She gives me this i don't know I, I i got you know forever night meets jetsia dax vibes from her <laughs> i could see like, that I could th- see th- that. those two women um she's, i just couldn't remember the the, the mortician from yeah she's got she's got the hair of the mortician from from forever night but the the kind of closer face to 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 jetsia dax i can see that I yeah can see she that. Yeah, she I just got this vibe, but she she I thought she was very good. I thought um Andrea Roth as uh, the kind of ghost in the machine was really solid. Um which we'll get, and Richard we'll, Eden, I think, is a decent Robocop. Yeah, he's all right. We'll get to we'll get to Andrea Roth and her character in, in a little bit because she is kind of a focus of the pilot movie. Um and yeah, the cast is fine. I don't have any problem with the cast. I don't think like I don't have a lot of problems with this show except constantly comparing it to the movies which is where i think we're going to get the closest comparison as we talk about the future of law enforcement robocop episode one and two which was kind of a tv movie and then of course broken up into two episodes for syndication uh so let's let's dive in uh we have (laughs) In the future of law enforcement, we have uh, a a conspiracy that's going on. A number of 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 homeless people are being kidnapped off the street, the streets, the streets uh, by someone called the the Dogtown Ripper. And 
the you know Robocop and Madigan are trying to figure out the conspiracy and and figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, OCP Omni Consumer Products uh, is hi- has hired this <laughs> this doctor. Oh, gosh, called Dr. Cray. <laughs> Say it, Drew. Say it. Dr. Cray Malardo. Or if you look at his name, Dr. Cray <laughs> Z Malardo. <laughs> it's just too on the nose. I mean, it's 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 not. I'll buy that it's, for a dollar. It's I'll <laughs> it's. It's this joke cost. Well, a no, you say that, but the, the 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 whole thing opens up with media break, which is the the new show from the films. And a lot of the stuff that they do is very much in line with the satire in, in those films. One hundred percent. And that's and, where that's where the pilot does this. And the rest of the episodes of the show don't do it as much. So they, 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 they don't we, do it as much, but they still do it. They still do it. But like media break. And a bunch of different commercials and a bunch of different things uh, show up, like with this talk show host by Umberto Ortega, who is very a talk show host, kind of in the uh, in the uh, uh, what was his name Donahue era of of daytime mm-hmm. talk show hosts, um, and he he was played by Patrick McKenna, who I know as uh, Red Green's I think nephew from the Red Green show, but has been in a ton of Canadian series longtime canadian actor but anyway uh and basically as it comes down to it as we will learn very quickly uh dr crazy malardo is kidnapping uh, uh homeless people off the streets to use their brains to create the neuro brain computer or what was it called neuro uh Neuromind. Neuromind. That's it. Neuromind, which is going to. Did, did you catch the name of the homeless man that gets attacked that uh, Gadget sees? I did, but I can't remember what it is right now. Henry Aaron Winkler. <sighs> this is this is what I'm talking about right here. This this right it's here. So it's so good. Um, I will say before we pull further into the plot, this movie it's a movie because uh, I think it's in some in some territories it was sold as Robocop 4. This movie, I keep seeing references on IMDb and research to Robocop 4, but I couldn't tell whether it was that or whether it was uh, the prime directives. Yeah, I know a different movie. Um, So. I really like how this opens at first, I, my first lo- a note was not kicking off with the theme song was a mistake, but then you get the media break. And then the opening scene with our our good friend Pudface Morgan, who is basically the Joker if the Joker looked like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but he's based off of the character from RoboCop that gets the first film that gets got melted has, gets melted, but <sighs> but it's not him. That's not him. Uh, it's just a, it's just a cool spiritual thing. But the first time you see RoboCop is he pops out. Uh, in 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 fantastic robocop fashion so I'm like here's the situation and he goes you called me it's bad which is a great opening <laughs> line for robocop <laughs> like i think that is awesome like because if you're watching this show you know who robocop is there's been three movies so like this great little one-liner and yes the the fact that he kind of quips a little more does connote the the family friendliness or at least the the lightheartedness of this show 
while this show has dark themes, you know, a lot of the, the all of the ultra violence is out and you don't see RoboCop killing <laughs> as and many people indiscriminately. You don't see RoboCop killing anybody in this show. Uh, I'm sorry. Did, did did you miss the um the guys who were uh, jumping off um motorcycles and stuff get shot and then catch on fire because i did yeah they, yeah they catch on fire and then they walk they didn't five, walk away from they that five feet forward and then put themselves out they the dude in the motorcycle flies off of the motorcycle presumably to be arrested by the big bus that they have to arrest a bunch of people they did they they, <laughs> they still live in very nice because robocop wouldn't even kill pudface mcgee or whatever his name was well because his his thing is He's supposed to arrest these people. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the things that the the, the movies and, and the show does pretty well is there is. There is a lot in the Robocop movies that as far as films that do a good job of realistically telling the future, Robocop is pretty on par. Yeah. Well, it's like watching the movies and even this show. I'm like, ooh, this this stuff is this stuff is really close to home. <laughs> there's some there's some interesting, interesting things. I don't even want to get into the Dogtown Boys and their whole mantra that echoes very heavily of some things that happened in the oh. real world oh, yeah. <laughs> lately. Yeah, but uh, it's 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 just wild to see. I mean, that, that was one of the great things about the movie. And we'll get back to the show in a second. But one of the great things about Verhoeven's Robocop was that it was hard speculative fiction it was hard science fiction and you don't see a lot of hard science fiction that isn't attempting to be some sort of space science fiction and so this kind of realistic cyberpunk film that honestly pretty looks at what was going on now and accurately gives a a vision of a possible future and and doing so with a very very biting point of view just like he did in starship troopers and and honestly, while this show has a lot less of an edge, I think it keeps that spirit. I, I think it does, especially in the pilot. I think it keeps that spirit. I think where this show and I'm going to use the term suffers because, again, we're talking about Robocop, which is just a, a tremendous film experience. It feels like diet caffeine free Robocop, the the. The violence is not there, but of course it's TV. I don't expect it to be, but the social commentary, the, the in jokes, the references, the, the commercials, they all get almost there, but not quite there with, I think one exception to that. And those are the the cartoons that appear multiple times in the series for a character created by OCP called Commander Cash. Uh, Commander Cash with with his sidekick uh, Major Market, who is this sort of buxom blonde superheroine. It's it's they're funny, and it's it's of course it's all consumerism and 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 all of this stuff that you would expect someone named Commander Cash who is giving a family credit cards, and they're all credit cards. It's very very funny, and these things we're gonna we're gonna come back to Commander Cash later on because he's gonna focus pretty heavily in one of the episodes that we watch. But mm-hmm. 
it's it's that kind of stuff that I think gets gets the closest. And part of that is because they allow there is more violence in the Commander Cash cartoons, especially when it comes to the thing called Bag of Guts, which is a thing that explodes like a like a uh, they, they call them squibs in the the special effects world. They're just explosive blood packs that just burst out from your chest as if it's a real I war think, wound. I think they did that for the same reason uh, you can get away with that in The Simpsons that she's in scratchy cartoons is if it's a cartoon within a show, they can kind of skirt around it. And that's how they were able to get some of that kind of sharp, violent commentary in. Yeah. And, and that that is the thing that. I wish there was one every episode and there's not, there's a lot of them. There's, there's a lot of them though. And there's, there's usually a commander cash thing in the background in most of the episodes. Um, Before we get back to the the plot of the pilot, which is pretty simple. So we'll, we'll be able to get through it. I think one of the things the show does really, really well is the focus on Robocop's humanity Um, and him reconciling that he doesn't entirely have it. Um, there are several times throughout this show where, you know, someone's trying to convince him, you need to tell your wife and kid that you you're alive. And and his idea is that he is protecting them by not telling them who he is. See, well, and, I, well, I, and I, he, I, he honestly gives a good reason for it. They need a husband and father. They do not need me, but I can still protect them. I Look, I get that. Yeah. I get that they that they're doing that. And the, the what I am thankful for, at least in the episodes that we watch, because we only watched the pilot and two other episodes. We didn't watch the entire series. Mm-hmm. Robocop's wife and son show up in this pilot, and I know they show up in another episode that we didn't watch, but they show up a couple times. But what I worry with that watching this as a TV show is that that is going to happen every episode that somebody's like yo robocop your wife's right over there why don't you go tell her that you're robocop and that you're still alive no i can't and that's just that's that's a stagnated character development moment for me on the flip- no it's um they they do they do something different where we you find out that his father is is still around and there's a couple episodes that deal with him having to work a case with robocop and finding out who robocop actually is see that's interesting we didn't watch that episode it, so it, i didn't know that it's, it's, but, it's, it's really well done what, what, I was gonna say, what i was gonna say about that is that on the flip side though what they have and and this they 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 don't lean into it in a lot of what we watched but things like the episode ghosts of war that again we'll get into features a character that alex murphy grew up with so it's it's a it's a slight spin on that, that these are two people that know each other really well from their childhood, but they're not, you know, they might they haven't seen each other I, in a while. I, like, I loved all the stuff between those two characters in that episode. I thought it was fantastic. Well, and, and and the other side of that, and we do probably need to, to to circle back around to to the plot of this episode is a lot of Robocop's development surrounds the the Andrea Roth's character of Diana Powers, a.k.a. the neurobrain. Or neuromind, I keep I keep calling it the wrong. Yeah, thing. so 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 yeah, let's let's go back and explain who she is and and what 
the neuro mind is and so so doctor, <laughs> the rest of the pilot <laughs> so so crazy milardo is going to is kidnapping homeless people to do experiments to try to to put their brain into this computer system to run detroit's systems and the brain he gets is an old is an old homeless man and it works for about five seconds before it fizzles out and then he realizes he needs a young mind that is not corrupted by what does he say it's it's it, that that's not been been downtrodden upon by society and corrupted by the streets and something sorry i had to sneeze there anyway um and so of course it turns the, then because we also have a uh, chip chaken who is is sort of the uh he he's the uh the 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 sort of snide little OCP guy. He he stands in for uh what's what's his name from RoboCop? Um played by uh the actor who sadly passed away a couple years ago. Um There's a there's a couple of them. Um Oh, you're talking about Miguel Ferrer. Yeah, Miguel Ferrer's character. He reminds me of Miguel Ferrer's character, uh honestly. But um anyway. He does. Yeah. Uh, also because they tend to cast a lot of people that look similar and I think he looks, he, he styled himself similarly to the way Miguel Ferrer styled himself in that anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, so they, they end up killing, uh, his secretary, Diana powers and putting her brain into the system, which of course works until she starts appearing in a, as a ghostly apparition. And, uh, then there's a battle to, to delete her humanity, but keep her brain working and, he take and and of course, Malardo, crazy Malardo. I hate that name. I hate it. I don't like it. Um, it's too much. It's a step too far. They never call him crazy in the show. I think the Z only shows up like no. On they they screen. just call, they call him Malardo. The Z only shows up. I think in in a computer somewhere. Yeah, uh, it's just that extra two on the nose thing anyway. Uh, but basically they, they stop him from, from running the city and keeping this, you know, they prevent them from, uh, from deleting her humanity, uh, which is, which I thought was just going to be the end of that character. And then we start the next episode and, Oh, she's here as a hologram inside Robocop's <laughs> area, like sitting in Robocop's cop car. It was funny. But also, yeah, kind of, so but, I but, really, but also, but also I, neat because they, they deal with similar things where Robocop has his body, well, what's left of his body and his mind, but he can't express those things. She's got all of her mind and memories and all of this control over everything in the city, but she doesn't have her body. She exactly. will always be. And, and that is an interesting dynamic between the two of them that they really play well in the episodes that we watched. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I like about Diana a lot. You know, her being a foil to RoboCop for I took the it's very same note that you did. I think that makes that that the stuff they do here is extremely interesting. Now, I, I'm I am going to be talking very highly about a lot of aspects of this show. Spoiler warning. However, I want I do want to note that while I love the storytelling in this show and the stuff that they are attempting to do. These scripts are generally very weak. I, I, I was telling Drew earlier today, I really wish that you could, you know, bump up the budget uh, or give it a modern budget and have 
a modern screenwriter kind of punch it up and and make some of these characters feel a little bit more real and a little bit less like cartoons because this is very much a live action cartoon in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that's um, really the that's one, that's... but but one that would come on at like eleven a.m. kind of like X Men did. It was like the the older kids cartoon. Not, which is not to be confused the with the I, with the actual Robotech or Robotech Robocop cartoon that they did, um, which you can find. Yes. If you Google search uh, Robocop, the series, half the time the cartoon shows up. <laughs> yeah. One of the two of them. I yeah. think there's, there's Robocop, the series or Robocop, the animated series and then Robocop Alpha Commando, I think. Which I think was an uh, but, higher end anyway. Uh, but so so that that's really it for the for the pilot. Um we we there's probably more to it that we could talk about but we have uh, a couple of our other episodes that i want to make sure we get to because i really want to talk about episode seven ghosts of war and this is uh oh well let me say one other thing before we move on um when we talk about andrea roth as diana powers hey i know that face she was mm-hmm. in forever night she was the ballerina that he was in love with that uh that ended up that that had the whole plot oh was that was that in the really really awful episode that we very much hated (laughs) yeah Ooh, she was great (laughs) but she's much better in this um Um, she's apparently another lucy in forever night she's lucy preston in love you to death which we watched and then in 1994 she's lucy in faithful flowers but a different lucy yeah they did that a lot weirdly She's, anyway yeah back to robocop back to the hilarious. other canadian tv series we've covered this year <laughs> oh which which i want to say once the the actual show starts there are a lot of score moments that sound like it was shared with forever night there's, um, there's a lot of shared score here it feels like <laughs> i'm sure there was i mean yeah, it's TV in Canada. Like they're on the show, they're on the air at the same time. There's got to be some things. I don't um, know. But anyway, one thing that's interesting about this show, uh, before we we pop into Ghosts of War, because I want to talk a little bit about OCP, because in the films, OCP is clearly an evil corporation. In the show. OCP is still a dominating corporation, but the CEO or the or the old man character is a little bit more bumbling. Like he cares about his <laughs> profits, but he also seems to care about the city. It's everyone else in the company that seems to be evil. That, oh, so this is the problem. This is another problem that I have with the show. And when I talk about how the the social commentary of it, because because. I mean, in in my opinion, when it comes to what we are shown of Detroit in RoboCop is that it is a dystopia. It is that that corporation, the 80s loved mega corporations. It's all over Blade Runner. It's all over uh, uh, RoboCop. It's all over Die Hard. It's all over everything. It's all over. Look outside your window. (laughs) Ah, Well, that's very funny when we're going to talk about the Amazon war in episode seven. (laughs) Not the same Amazon, but uh, it's it's, uh, the Amazon war is also in RoboCop three. Is it? That's interesting. Uh, So, yes, someone's reading a newspaper that talks about the Amazon war. But anyway, uh, but but here they have to keep the company 
just good enough so that they have continued plot every week. And that's one of those things where you so they can't get rid of the CEO of the company or the chairman of the company every week. They'd have a different person. So they just have a new bumbling or not so bumbling uh, uh, other person, whether it's the retired general in episode seven, whether it's the marketing PR guy for the serial campaign in episode 14, it's Who came it's, from a psychopharma Institute. It's like, where, where are you picking up these people? <laughs> he might've served them some cereal and uh, told them. So ghost of ghost of war opens up with this, this great warehouse robbery that takes place on DeLorean Avenue. And it's stuff like that that I really love in this show. I'm not sure that DeLorean Avenue wasn't real. Um, It could have been, but maybe, I mean, this was shot in Canada. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, so... Know. One thing we, we didn't mention uh, that happens in the future of law enforcement and it happens in the opening of Ghosts of War. There's a there's a, a, a robbery where a bunch of people are dressed in uh, what seem to be kind of cosplayish outfits. And one of them gets a hold of a plasma rifle so that when or plasma cannon so that when Robocop comes to stop him, he fires it on him and it kind of fries his circuits. This uh, one's for America. Briefly. <laughs> yeah, briefly causing RoboCop to lose his memory, which happened in the last episode that we watched. <laughs> it seemed to be a constant concern of RoboCop is losing his memory. Yes. Uh, which is is one thing that does kind of get on my nerves with this show is is there are there are a lot of things of convenience. And there's. <laughs> A number of other things. Uh, th this show, well, not the show, because the show is purposefully showing this through specifically OCP execs. The the sexism that these execs uh, share towards not just um, his partner, but Miss Powers, because when. In the first episode, when they, when they decide that they are going to look for a different kind of brain because the homeless people have lived too much, they they want to find someone who's lived a stress-free life and is basically like kind of unburdened by hardship. They're basically describing a child, and what they actually do is go after a woman. A woman who because, has definitely not oh, lived Oh, she's a just a woman unburdened by life, and that was certainly a choice. And in this episode... The 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 um the former general is constantly making comments about the way that um oh gosh just I just blanked on her name uh on uh, his partner Madigan. Madigan uh he constantly comments on the way that Madigan's dressed he also refers to her as like young lady and like like weird things like that yes. for, that you wouldn't refer to like this constantly is a, this is a, a retired general in the army talking to a decorated police detective two people you think would be on kind of the same page with stuff but nope no he was not 
<laughs> no, and one of the things that I really liked is when they're having a conversation about because Madigan's investigating this robbery. This robbery happened to take place um, at a facility that was housing secret weapons that o- were being developed. OCP Militech. And, and one of my favorite lines of this episode is, we can't risk military secrets leaking to the enemy, or worse, our competitor. Again, lines like and that, I appreciated that line. I appreciated it. It's a great I, line. It's a great line, but it's it's just very, like, they don't land on it. It's not... <sighs> well... I, 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 I do understand your frustration, Drew, because the show pulls back on because of, of, of the old man. They, they pull back the punches a little bit on OCP. And I dislike the OCP. Like they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Whereas the, the old man, yes, is, is bumbling. But the corporate com- com- commentary that they're still trying to have exists. And the, the problem is you, you can't have both. Like the, the man can't be an, uh, a well-to-do bumbling old man that cares about old Detroit and seems to be the person that learns a lesson in every episode. It's not a child learning lessons. It's the old man. <laughs> it's the old man. Yeah, it's, it's old uh, and CEO, I, OCP chairman. I don't like that aspect of it. And again, because I, I, I dislike that aspect and, and, about and, it. Well, so so let's let's get into this episode because I think this episode actually says some other things that are very interesting that they don't that are not really about mm-hmm. corporate culture in the eighties and nineties. And that's because the the people that are are leading this attack in these costumes are a H company uh from the from the US military that served in the Amazon war in something called the Felice Navidad attack or something like that where they were uh they were all supposedly killed in action and as part of this and and we learned that they weren't actually killed in action it, that that thing that they were supposedly killed in action for was a fake because they were actually this super super duper secret like black ops company that was responsible for this this operation big sword which is not a very clever name but you know whatever i'll give it to them which was to kill people in the amazon war like it was a a a a, a this chemical that would kill people but leave the plants and trees alive and as and and they 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 hate themselves for going through it they they feel extremely guilty about it and also the chemical that they dropped gave them some sort of condition that affected their psychology so you've got these characters that are because of these this this doctor and this colonel that have kind of taken them in they are retreating into these they they're quote childhood heroes so uh, the the main guy and the guy that 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 RoboCop grew up with uh, is Combat Bill, and you've got uh, a lady who is Joan of Arc, and you've got a Wolfman, and uh, you've got a uh, was it Megabyte Man who was a computer hacker guy, and 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 this sort of thing, and it was it, and that that they did, play, did he say he was from Kim, Kim's Convenience? Yeah, he's he's uh, he plays Mister Meta on Kim's Convenience. Uh, that that actor. Um, and and that that kind of thing is again they place some of that up for a laugh a little bit 
honestly not as much as I thought they were going to do, which I appreciated, but, but it's, it's that sort of like, look at, you know, the people that we leave behind in, in certain aspects. Yes. I, I, I was exceptionally happy that they took that aspect really seriously because I, I thought that this episode might really goof on that because the 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 log line talks about how oh they're all based off like either personal heroes or something because we see that that frank was a, a a big fan of combat bill growing up and we i guess infer that you know one one of the one of the members of the team is believes she's joan of arc and one believes that they're a werewolf and the way that this episode treats those characters I think adds a severity that I don't think the show gets enough credit for because of its general lighthearted nature. Um, because, you know, when watching the show, the special effects and everything don't look too far from, you know, your, your forever night or tech war, but they're honestly fairly impressive. I mean, some of the shots, especially in the, in the pilot look really, really good. That was a $5 million pilot. And in and and, this episode in particular, I, and I have to say, this episode has the highest on-screen body count of of the episodes that we watched, and it is all yeah, it's all soldiers being taken out by people that they trusted, which is uh, namely the we because fi- we find out that the they we think that they are there to to take Detroit hostage to make this retired general who's now an OCP vice president to make him publicly comment on Operation Big Sword. But what they're really there to do is to steal something from OCP. They just don't know that they're there to do that. And uh, and that's that's it's right. That honestly is interesting, but I also don't I don't love that. I I I kind of wish it was more just the first thing and not the second thing. But, you know. Anyway, um, but but all of these soldiers that we meet, I don't think any of them make it out. Uh, maybe that maybe Joan of Arc does. She's just kind of knocked into something. Yeah, they don't really tell you what happens to her. Yeah. But the other three all die on screen, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, spoiler warning for an episode from 25 years ago. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, I I think I think my my, like I said earlier, I I do feel like the show has great stories. It has stilted writing, like the the scripts themselves need need work. Like even even though I enjoyed this show for what it is, I mean, there is a lot of cartoonish, I would say, you know, newsstand comic book type of writing, and. That's perfectly fine, but I think the stories that that are attempted to be told are a lot stronger than that. that. And I think that's that's what I what I say when when I talk about how much I enjoy this show and why I think this show deserves people to to check it out is that the the actual stories, if you can look past the the low budget and even the low budget scripting, I think you're going to find a lot here because I mean, just like watching all B movies, like if you can enjoy those and not just in a so bad, it's good way, but like be like, Hey, this Island earth actually has something to say. It doesn't always say it very well, 
but it is trying to say something. I think episodes like this in particular, and honestly, the the following episode, Robocop vs. Commander Cash, I think they are trying to say something, but they are they're tripping on their own feet so often. Well, let's let's get into this final episode that we watched because we talk about the I mean, you just described the show as kind of a cartoon, a live action cartoon. What happens when a mm-hmm. live action cartoon crosses over with an actual cartoon? And that's where we talk about Com- RoboCop versus Commander Cash. Children all over Detroit are rioting. They're stealing cars. They're stealing products. They're stealing everything all because of this OCP character, Commander Cash. We have seen Commander Cash cartoons throughout the season so far. One has appeared in every episode of what we watched, which is uh, in sometimes in multiple cases. So what's going on? And here we get a, a weird combination of what happened in the 90s, which was a reflection of parents blaming things that their children were doing on TV and movies. And they don't talk about video games, but Mortal Kombat was around at this point too. Um, And the commentary of, well, it's not really the media's fault. It's the parents' fault. Well, it's not really the parents' fault because the media is just at fault. Well, you have all of this surrounding a guy who is (laughs) dressing up like Commander Cash and telling children, oh, you always listen to Commander Cash, right? Well, then... In this toy store, everything's free. Take what you want. And then they go crazy and there's a a riot of children stealing things and and all of that. And uh, that's just made better by the live action fake Commander Cash being played by none other than professional wrestling icon Rowdy Roddy Piper. (laughs) Love it. I love it. I love the Piper. Um. And he does, he does a really solid job, both being a hammy action, uh, action hero, because the thing is, the, the character is supposed to be goofy. The person who puts on the suit is not an actor in, in, in the context of the show. He's the, the creator of Commander Cash. He is not any sort of superhero. He's just a guy. So the fact that he is kind of stilted and is overdoing it and and comes off a little a little weird about it i think makes the story that much better cartoon law um i do <laughs> like it's oh, cartoon law killed me and i love how robocop is like genuinely confused by that <laughs> i do not see any reference to cartoon law what is cartoon law that's that was the dumbest thing in the episode for me but it was like, i was okay with it it was dumb, but it was also I kind of liked it. Like this is a very cartoony episode, and I I like be, because the episode ends the way it does. I feel like it justifies these dumb conversations about cartoon law. Um, now, when the 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 OCP exec of the week uh, is well, they when they find out that like oh he he's the one being targeted by this this rogue commander Cash. Um, we're going to have RoboCop, you know, look after you or or maybe it's because I think he was worried that RoboCop was going to actually investigate some things. He says, I'm not going to rely. I'm not going to rely on robots to keep me safe and then pushes a button for a motorized gun. <laughs> it's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. 
It is it is a motor. It is a robotic gun that he is <laughs> counting on to keep him safe. I, I, I actually liked the uh, there's a, a cameo. Well, I guess I'm going to call it a cameo. The, the that that exec has a, a an assistant, a secretary named Brittany, who is very kind of ditzy and klutzy and constantly eating this this sugar cereal that they're talking about which she is mostly known for playing dr ann Lindsay in every season of the highlander tv show <laughs> which there's is, a lot of highlander alums in this show i mean it's, um, it's the Cana- I mean, it's the canadian a lot of these yeah a, a lot of these shows that we've covered from the early 90s that were filmed in canada do share a lot of actors um and one of the things I, I, I did enjoy is the, the scene where he's in the toy store and tells all the kids that uh, everything in the store is free. The guy who's the toy salesman looks like he's like needs to be part of a acapella group on a steamboat in the 20s. <laughs> like he's in the little stripy shirt and the little straw flat hat. Like, <laughs> just, you know, I. <gasps> It's Canada, man. It, it, what are you it's, gonna it's, do? No, it's not Canada. It's just <laughs> I, I, I get what the kind of character they were trying to do, but it's just it's such a funny thing. So you, we find out that the the Commander Cash that is on this crime spree is the original creator of Commander Cash. The CEO, the uh, OCP exec, uh, used to be involved in psych- psychopharmacology, and decided that he was going to make a a serial that made people susceptible to subliminal messages and mind control. The prop the thing was the psychoactive drug could not be detective unless it was ma- mixed with milk. A uh, what did they call it? A uh, Which I thought was Oh, a, a uh, was a calcium based a calcium based um, something something. It's like oh milk. Some, it, yeah, it, it was it was great. I, it was a re- I thought it was a really really funny funny little gag. And again, this is very very cartoony. What well, and, and, what, and what, again, this is also I mean, especially after RoboCop three, they're they're still leaning hard into going for that younger demographic. So even though th- this show played at odd hours, I mean, I think some some stations got it at like two a.m. This is ostensibly a late morning early afternoon show for tweens i would i would say is the market they were kind of going for is like tween boys yeah i could see that. like i said earlier like like 11 o'clock is where they played the 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 more uh, like the x-men 94 cartoon which was a lot more serious it's on the same same level as this in terms of its uh content and severity yeah so one one thing i like about this episode that is that the the our rowdy roddy piper commander cash uses the 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 marketing execs plan against him because he's had all these these subliminal messages of listen to commander cash always listen to commander cash commander cash tells you to buy something you do it commander cash tells you to eat something you do it and what is what is weird about that is that that guy knows that he's now got this psychoactive chemical in all of these people. He's like, and just imagine in 20 years, they're going to rule the world and who controls them. I do. So it's not just such as profits. It's world domination that the guy is after, which is a little silly to me, but that he was able to, to dress up as commander cash and use that against 
the 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 marketing exec and of course robocop figuring out that that's what's going on and 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 they become superhero buddies at the end which is just a, a fun thing this episode was actually rated TV, yeah tvg in new zealand uh, <laughs> when it was not rated that for any <laughs> yeah other it, it was it's not a hyper violent episode which i i will say does disappoint me a little bit because i wanted to see uh piper wrestle a little bit he didn't really do a lot of that kind of stuff in his movies i don't think he does it a lot in hell comes to frog town and he's mostly just using the gun in they live and and just doing kind of your action moves but i don't think he used any of his signature wrestling moves i don't know what his interesting in moves movies, are so was- but he did pick up a dude and f- spin him around and throw him into the wall so i mean he did something <laughs> yeah i mean that was that was yeah, that was that. Was, I guess that was good enough. Uh, I, I guess I just wanted more. I, when, I, when, I, when I see wrestlers now on on things like when Cody Rhodes was on Arrow, of course he did the crossroads, you know, stuff like that, which I know is not a big deal to anyone but people who watch wrestling. But you know, it's it's always fun to see that kind of stuff when you have a guest star like that is is some sort of nod to the fans of that guest star because Piper was a big star at this point in time. You know, he he had been a bigger star, but I mean, he was still pop up in WrestleMania for guest appearances, even in the in 94. So. People, people and kids knew who he was. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I'll, I'll be honest, but, you know, you look you look this I, up. I know. I know you didn't. You know, I sorry, wrestling fans. I'm not I'm not into wrestling. It's OK. We 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 can all love different things. It's cool. I know you're not. It's OK. I've got like four wrestling figures behind me <laughs> i'm seeing a rowdy roddy piper right there i think i don't know no uh, you are not you're seeing I, cody rhodes <laughs> i don't know i don't know man um, man no i do want to talk a little bit i do want to talk a little bit about some some overall things about the character of robocop that i i kind of wish they would have things i didn't like in the movies and things that i wish they had developed is one of, one of the things is that, uh, from the movies and this is even from when I was a kid, was I've always disliked that Robocop was so slow. <laughs> and I and it's funny watching the third movie where you have these these ninja robots that are, are made by Japan and this American one that just kind of runs like crap in Robocop. I mean, <laughs> that that was actually a really funny um, kind of sight gag. But I would have thought as, as time progressed and stuff, they would have, you know, I understood they were kind of going with how robotics were at the time, but by the third movie, or at least by the series, which takes place five years after the the first film in in the world of the of the show, I would have hoped that he would have been a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more limber. I just think it was the costuming at the time. Because I love, I know, I just I love the look of RoboCop. I have always loved that simple design. It's so cool. It's why everyone kind of went Ugh, when the 2014 remake came out. Is if they just done that movie with that with, with that design, it well, would have been probably really, fine. I haven't seen that movie, but I know that design happens in the movie at some point. But then they just do something else. It I does. I, I I've I've looked at photos, but I just. The one you're putting on posters is this all black and it's just not quite right. Boring. Like there, there's a specific look. It's yeah, it's so a very boring, boring look. Um, 
but I would like a little bit more functionality because it's a little bit harder to watch him just kind of plod around. That, 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 I, that I dislike. But again, I, I'm kind of OK with that just because at least Robocop looks like Robocop. Like they're using the same. Yes. The same style. They're using the same yeah, feel to things. You know, it's 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 yeah, the, the suit, the suit looks fantastic. I I think um, Richard Eden, I think, did a pretty admirable job. I think he actually does a little bit better job than the uh, uh, Burke from um, Robocop three. And, and and and. Yeah, I don't think this show gets enough love. I get why it doesn't like I understand why this show is a little bit forgotten, but you know, I, I was going into this in this week thinking, all right, I'm going to see this this show that I liked as a kid and I'm prepared for it to to fail to live up to the vision that I had. And honestly, for the most part, I, I feel like I was on point as a kid. I, I really liked this show. I, I had a great time revisiting this. I, I, I just again, I I didn't hate it. I did not dislike it. It's just. It's one of those things where had we watched the entire show, had this been our, our syndication September and I got more time with all of these people, I would. Kind I, of I do get... regret not not having this be one of those. We talked about it, but. I know, I know I think we, we had, had I think we had other I... Robocop plans when we were planning that. Episode. <laughs> I, I think we did. <laughs> I think we did, too, but. No, I'm happy that we did this for for TV adaptations because I mean it's a one season show based off a R-rated movie geared towards the family entertainment which just like last week I I really would love to know why they think that I with RoboCop I get it you have a a toy you can sell and if especially with the movie you have a couple because you also have the Ed 209 and you know some of the cars like you and can you've, you can and you've got sell those and to you've kids. got the 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 uh ocp humvee yes uh an h1 humvee is in this show uh, this show is credited for the the beginning of the mainstream integration of the h1 hummer which is like i think <laughs> which is really really funny I, I think that yeah the humvee went from from desert storm to arnold schwarzenegger's garage to Canada in RoboCop, which is very funny. Uh, so, final thoughts, Miles. Last comments I, I think on they, RoboCop. Didn't they also have a certain Ford Mustang in this? The RoboCop's cop car didn't they also- is a Ford Mustang. It's tough to tell yeah. if you don't know the specific body style because they remove, in like half of the shots, they remove the Mustang logo from it, but then in other shots, it's still there, uh, which is a very, very interesting thing. But it's got that very telltale. It was the 93 or 94 Mustang uh, tail end that it's got that it's like, oh, OK. I also don't know how yeah. how you can have a two. door. I, really, I, really. I don't know how you can have a two door cop car, but maybe Robocop gets away with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, because he ain't bringing anyone with him. In the, well, in the pilot, he throws uh, he throws uh, Milardo in the front seat with him. <laughs> it's like this doesn't work. Uh, well, what's he going to do? Try to knock him out? <laughs> I guess I don't know. That's I, I guess it doesn't. You know, it's, he's really Ro- he's Robocop. No now, now the the rest of the cop cars, yeah, they need they need four doors. Um, but <laughs> as for fi- final thoughts, I mean, I've. I've I've kind of given mine. I I think this is a very very fun show. It's a a a, a kids comic book version 
of an adult property that gets a many things from the adult property correct in in its attempt to be a, a piece of satire but in in being a piece of uh, i think more kid-friendly media it also loses a lot of things and you know overall super fun show i mean i don't have anything super super eloquent that i haven't already said yeah, that anything i said was eloquent but it's it's thanks for agreeing with me jerk <laughs> it's it's diet caffeine free <laughs> robocop with a with a much smaller budget what it does it does well uh but it is it's it's an interesting take uh for mass market appeal that the movie wasn't attempting to be and uh and i think that's that's where we're going to end our discussion on robocop for now will robocop ever appear on this show again oh you better believe he will officer murphy will show up at some point but for now we are going to talk about what we're doing in july as we talk about robots that turn into cars and airplanes and tanks and a boombox it's more than meets july as we talk about the transformers the very first season of the transformers animated series only had 16 episodes and we are going to spend the month of july watching all of them miles i'm excited I I am excited. Um, I have been I have been told by Transformers fans because we Drew came up with this uh, great slogan that we had to use. I I, <laughs> I love the name of the theme. I also love that we're not leaving robots anytime soon. And we 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 had a lot of ideas on how we wanted to go about doing this. Even from like, oh, we'll just start a Patreon show. Well, yeah, that's not happening. Um, we don't have time for that. But we did I mean, want unless, to start unless, a process uh, unless, of going unless you want us to. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, look, by, by the end of the month, if you want us to go through the entire franchise, the entire franchise, episode by episode of the Transformers, uh, we could be persuaded to do that. Um, but in the meantime, we are going to settle with More Than Meets July, which is going through the first season of Transformers. And I have been told by Transformers fans that the first season is a little dry. And I'm really curious because I don't think I've watched the first season in a very, very long time. And I don't even know if I've ever watched it like in Congress. Like, I feel like I've only seen it from when I was a kid. I have not watched it in years, but I have watched it. And there are certain episodes that we are going to talk about. Uh, for example, episode seven, where the Dinobots are introduced, which we're going to get to in a couple of weeks um, I, that I have seen hundreds of times. I had them on tape. I was a transform. Of course, I was a Transformers kid. I literally have a Transformer in my hand right yeah. now. I have two other ones behind me. Um, I love the Transformers. My I've got one next to me. Most of my Transformers collection that I grew up with is in my house now because they came home with my son after he started playing with them uh, when he stayed at my parents' house a couple of years back. I love the Transformers. Um, I am very, very interested to see what these episodes feel like because these are sh shows from 
1984. Like literally the first Transformers episode started airing a month after I was born. That is a weird thing to think about because, I, you know, it's something that's literally been with me my entire life. Granted, I didn't watch it until much later, you know, whatever. But right. uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And I was also surprised that it's only 16 episodes uh, in that first season. Now, there's a ton more in season two. Uh, and then you get into the movie and then you get into other seasons and then you get into the whole other thing that happened with Transformers with live action movies uh with the the japanese only animated series with the beast wars series which is beast wars just got announced as the next mainstream live action movie there's a lot to talk about with transformers but we're gonna try to keep it just concise tightly paced for these first 16 episodes now Next week, for the first episode, we are going to talk about, we're going to do some background, some history stuff like we like to do, and we're going to cover the first three episodes, which is parts one, two, and three of More Than Meets the Eye. That's More Than Meets the Eye and More Than Meets July, right here on The More You Nerd, starting next week. Now, if you would like to reach out to us. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) If you would like to reach out to us and talk to us about, you know, robocop or the transformers or anything else you think we should do or anything like that you can find us at a number of places you can find us at the that is our entire as our show's website has our entire backlog of every episode uh, more than a decade's worth of episodes you can reach out to us on twitter at the more you nerd and get a facebook.com slash the more you nerd and of course you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail com you can also deck yourself out with some cool gear at the more we have some awesome shirts and we have some in the pipe oh we're gonna do a transformers month maybe we'll have a cool transformer shirt i don't know that sounds like a plan that we'll get to eventually and you'll find it there first uh, so in the meantime miles let's end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out Creep. <laughs>